0: Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, a very special one. Andy Rouse, good buddy from the Deep Share Podcast, stops by to have a mind-blowing conversation about all things amazing. We go into the depths of reality, uh, and we kind of tease a little bit of the box saga at the very end, and he does a phenomenal job blowing our minds with that as well. So all the ways to find Andy and his show will be linked down in the show notes. Make sure that you guys take advantage of that. Take advantage also of our affiliate links, so Food Forced Abundance, if you want to get your freedom from fear on, it is linked down in the show notes, as well as if you would like to start your own podcast host through who I host through, which is Libsyn, and they're wonderful, can't recommend them enough. Also, if you're going to buy any damn thing on Amazon, anything at all, it doesn't matter what it is, run it through our link, it helps the show for something that you're going to buy anyway. Also, if you would like to expand your experience with us here on the program, you can do so at expandingrealitypodcast.com, linked in the show notes as well. That is where rock fans, socials, all that cool stuff, merchandise, if you want to get some t-shirts and such, that's over there. Uh, Check it in the show notes as well. So uh, let's get to this mind-blowing conversation. Andy's a great friend, and uh, this is easily one of the best. So uh, without any further ado, let's do the damn thing with Andy Rouse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming to the show. It is good buddy, the Deep Share podcast host, extraordinary. You do everything, you run the most incredible panels. You've just become an incredibly dear friend, and I'm grateful for you for everything that you do. It's Mr. Andy Rouse. How are you, brother?
1: Brandon, I love you, man. Thank you so much for having me on, brother. <laughs> Kidding me, this is
0: fucking awesome, dude. I'm so pumped for this. So what are you, what are you doing right now? Uh, I love your studio, by the way. So tell us about yourself. <laughs> I, I saw a side picture the other day, and I'm just kind of curious, location, a home, or
1: this is an in-home This is in-home. And you know what? It's a proud basement dwelling studio. You know? It's the only place that I've ever been as like the black sheep of the family. I was always the one in the basement with on my computer with video games yeah. or in my with my books <laughs> or with my fucked up movies or whatever. So yeah, I've always been down here. It's always been my cave. And so before I named the show The Deep Share, I have to give my wife, Kate, credit there. She actually came up with The Deep Share podcast. But I had something imagery-wise in my head going about, like Plato's Cave. And I had some cheesy names going in my head for something to do. Too on the nose, you know what I mean? Way too on the nose with Plato's Cave. But the imagery stands, I'm in Plato's Cave right now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but the ton, the light is on the outside, and it's much more beautiful. And that's what's so cool. It's like you, the position you have from this. And I don't know if this was deliberate, but it's like you came back from being outside of the cave for the first time to tell oh, yeah. everyone in the cave. Okay, I'm sure it was deliberate.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I wanted to be in the cave because for some reason my plight, but and my uh, my enjoyment out of life is all is the same thing, which is trying to share whatever's in here with everyone out there. <laughs>
0: yeah. But from the perspective you know? of having already gone outside to come back and to tell everyone that's crazy. Absolutely. Cool. Like, that's what I like you you've gone out, you've had the adventures. And so um, dude, tell me uh, why you started the deep share in the first place.
1: Uh, I woke back up. Um, I would say that in 2015 or 16, um, I had a friend come to me at the perfect time and start rattling things in my ear right around the time where I was having my first son was coming into the world soon. Uh, Yeah. So it was like right at the end of 2016, this was happening. And then my son came in 2017. And, and so right around that time when the world was starting to just get crazy anyway, it didn't have to be a pandemic to be completely batshit crazy. It was crazy forever, but I had kind of, uh, just as I guess a little back, story is that I kind of put myself back to sleep long ago because I didn't have this kind of wonderful community around me to bounce ideas off of and receive new insight and expand on things. I was always met, like so many of us, with ridicule or misunderstanding or fear or whatever by my peers and my family and this and that. Because I was right in their faces with like, mom, you're not going to believe what I discovered on mushrooms. She's like, Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, but I was just right. I couldn't help it because what I wasn't realizing at the time was I was going through like a spiritual awakening or, or whatever that awe inspired human experience deep down is, is what I was really going through. And the psychedelics were a trigger for that, which enhanced the experience anyway. So, but, um, but yeah, so I wanted to, when I finally woke back up because of how crazy the world was and becoming a parent, which was the real impactful thing, I decided I finally needed to do what everyone I really was inspired by was doing too, which was share what was in here with each other as much as possible. They spin the idea of an echo chamber into a negative thing all the time because it can be very negative sometimes and unproduc- you know, not productive at all, counterproductive. But in some cases, they are, you know, it very important because it emerges as this bigger growing thing. You know, this is where ideas are born with the the outcasts all getting together and starting to talk about the crazy shit that no one else wants to hear about. So it's kind of the origin story.
0: I love it. And you're 100% right. And I like uh, these OGs in these fields that we bring up. I know that um, uh, Daniel White, didn't you talk to him?
1: No, I did not.
0: Oh, okay. Not personally. Didn't you send me that uh his uh video?
1: Maybe. Okay. Yeah, he was awesome. Not. He
0: was talking about some <laughs> crazy cool globe shit. But he's the point I'm making is I, I talk to a lot of like authors and people uh who are old school and have been in the game since the beginning, you know, of this or of their early days, like our age, but just you know, forty years ago. And yeah. it's uh awesome to kind of get to tap into that knowledge as well and to and to share this on, on this kind of platform because like you said, man, podcasting, it's the coolest community ever. We, we yeah. share guests all the time. Um, we should both get Daniel White on then. Uh, that sounds like a Yeah, absolutely. Of, yeah, <laughs> we'll work on that. Uh, and uh, it's just the coolest community, but it's the coolest share of information. And this is what's so awesome. Now, we the, I like uh, coming on with people, different people, and discussing similar topics, like just to get their approach on some things, especially in a kind of... I kind of find that I do this in phases. This is this whole show is just kind of more of like a diary from here like a journal.
1: Yeah, I feel it. I feel <laughs> and you.
0: So I'm like this is what I'm thinking about right now. So there's like there's you know yes. months where I'll start, you know, talking about consensus reality or Mandela effect. I'm really into right now because I've really thought a lot about it in a different way anyway but you you find you, yourself in these blocks of time like that and it's uh this this progression of where you can get new people's take on it and people who have been exploring similar ideas and it just expands the idea and then now that it's expanded you can't stop talking about it because you're like fucking motherfucker dude listen to this this dude told me this about it and now it makes so much more sense and uh Absolutely. it's just the coolest way to walk through Uh, Kind of discovering uh, new things about this place. So let me ask you this uh, before we even go any further. What is one of the coolest discoveries that you have made on your show granted to you by either research that you've done for the show or a guest that has bestowed this upon you?
1: One of my favorite guests so far out of this whole year I've I've done podcasting out of all, all the great, amazing people I've talked to. I got to talk to like one of my like uh, a guy I've just been following for years and years and listening to and watching on TV was Mr. Freddie Silva. He came on um, and we talked a lot about ancient civilizations and the Anunnaki and things like that. And he comes at it from a very human perspective perspective. With a, just like a wink of the eye of maybe they're from somewhere else. Like he, I don't even, I don't even know what he really believes deep down about it, but I know that he's had vast presences in temples and and just really intense spiritual experiences. So he's definitely open-minded to all ideas, but what he blew my mind about was his method for understanding what he loves and all of his work is getting to know the people, in these areas. So when he spoke to the, you know the Aboriginal peoples of the area around Göbekli Tepe, and figured out what that phrase, that word, really meant. Uh, it I guess it was two separate languages. And that's what he was just deducing this from different tribes and different people talking to him and stuff like that. Um, it means the umbilicus of Horus, I mean, uh, Osiris, the oh, umbilicus shit. of Osiris. And the crazy part is, is Gobekli Tepe, I guess, points on like a perfect 90 degree angle or something directly to the Osirian in Egypt. It's crazy. Damn. So that just blew my world wide open beyond our our, you know beyond the pop culture version of the past 10 years which is you know shit just keeps getting older yeah. things just started to get weirder way weirder and it wasn't just happening in my head in all my my old psychedelic trips anymore it wasn't happening in all the old books I read from all the crazy quantum physicists and theorists and it was happening in front of me, in all the shit I was finding out about now, just, just,
0: yeah. (laughs) You know, the coolest thing about this, and I don't know if you're sharing this, but it's like that hundredth monkey thing. We know that that's observable in nature. We've done studies on it. We've all talked about it. So what's interesting about this that I find too, is there's a lot of big ideas coming out that a bunch of people are kind of popping up together you know we're all kind of coming to similar conclusions are all willing to, to to pull an idea further and weave it into our own understanding I think more it's got to do with the capacity to receive and deliver information in a more uh, open-minded way and so it, it seems like that's part of this shift I mean what do you think
1: yeah, I see that. I mean, I, because we're all one, right? I mean, it's all just like one f- big consciousness of some kind. I I, I, th- I, think, personally, I think it's like some sort of, I don't know, something along those lines. We can put it into a million different words. But yeah, the, the waking up process we're all going through, it seems not all, of course. There's resilience. But I see it as a fractal uh, pattern um, in reality because it seems like everything turns out to be fractal. And so when you look at uh, an individual undergoing psychotherapy for like deep trauma in their past uh one method would be like hypnotherapy or you know there's many methods that you can do but it, it all involves addressing those traumas and facing them and understanding them and growing from them and moving on and the this is the root of like most of what psychology is there for is to try to root out the issues in our heads you know and so now on a collective level apparently we've reached this curious age of maybe Teenagers or something? I don't know what you'd say about us as an individual, if you could look at the human race that way, but we are now collectively just so happens to be digging into our past, our collective past into all of our old traumas. And what my, my wife and I Kate talk about all the time is generational trauma and what that really is and how fucking real it really is and how dramatic and it expansive it is it's across our whole planet we all have this generational trauma and to me i find i think it probably comes from some kind of massive world-ending cataclysm at some point in the physical realm that literally destroyed us on a human level and from there imagine what we were passing down you know for guilt and hatred and fear and anger and all the horribleness that something like that event would have caused, it's just triggered from there, just turns it into narcissism and all the rest. So we're all addressing all these these deep, deep deep-rooted psychological traumas that happened to us that maybe at one time weren't so psychological, maybe, you know, they could have been physical wars and real human traumas
0: or even a code in the matrix of the simulation that says that this is how we should experience it so that we can learn not to. It may be like a filter here. You know what I mean? When you talk about something like the simulation argument or or designing yourself from a soul's perspective and you can kind of, you know, figure all that out goes the idea. Then you would think that uh, there'd be some sort of like rule implemented, you know, where there'd be like a set of filters or something that can be adjusted, you know, they can dim down the contrast and raise the brightness, but it's difficulty and, trials and tribulations and you know shitty weather you know and stuff like that like there's uh, probably it's probably pretty customizable at that level i would think you know <laughs> if you if you really go for it you know what i mean but uh, as as far as the experience goes though it's very very real and very here and we're all on board with it but i i think that you have something to this generational trauma thing now there was a dude i had on the show for my 100th and he's been on before he's a good friend of mine named pat mahan Highly recommend everybody just go listen to this dude. Like attracts track's like, you should totally talk to him. He's incredible. And one of the things about generational trauma and what, where we took it there was this whole... You know, yes, we're all one, okay? So if we're all one, then you step that back and say, okay, well, if you heal something about yourself now, then it heals everything out, like, from a ripple from you, because you're everything. So if there's if there's only the eternal moment of now, and you're all that there is, and your consciousness is focused here, then it, what you change changes everything. So even to the level of, like, you reinterpreting a memory from your past, as, like, the shadow work and working on that shit goes, you reinterpret something traumatic that happened from your past, and it literally... As far as your mind goes, which is the only thing that you can count on, and not even that really, uh, it never existed. So perhaps you time travel back and make it never happen so that therefore you now doesn't experience what happened back then. That's what the generational trauma shit, that's where I'm at with it, is healing on this like quantum level, you know, in all directions. Uh, I, I dig that idea, man, but I think that though that everyone has the chance to do this, but not everybody takes themselves up on it for whatever reason. Like maybe they're ignorant to the idea or just not exposed to it, or maybe it's too deep, you know, and they can't, they can't find the way out <laughs> this time. And that's part of their experience. And it's just their journey and all that shit. Uh, it, but, is um, deep. it goes though, you know what I mean? But that the
1: simulation theory itself is, uh, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: I mean, it is. And it keeps getting more interesting because, I mean, the more you look at it, it's yeah, it's a good framework. But I love the way that Mark Steves has talked about it. And he's been in this a whole time and a lot of others. But him, he's the one I think of when I think of this idea is that organic simulation and how it's way more of a, like a living thing rather than so mechanistic. It acts mechanistic, but it's actually organic
1: yeah I feel like I was in like the control room or something on on psychedelics like i I had a lot of experiences uh, and vague memories remain of a an existence that was completely and utterly real, but it had nothing to do with like i don't know so simulation theory is so contemporary you know it just relates to the matrix and computers and and a a control force creating this and you know uh i think it's more organic to the point where let's call it god because it's convenient i love calling it god it works i'm not even religious but it, it works um it's uh how should i put it like um of lost my train of thought there for a second (laughs) i got it's yeah right before that what was i saying right before that (laughs) Uh, it's about the matrix yeah so simulation theory so Mm -hmm. the organic aspect of it so like god doesn't know he's doing it either and doesn't know how he's doing it either Mm. it's kind of like that in my opinion and alan watts shares that alan watts blew my mind i feel like alan watts was the the best western mind to come back from the east and describe to people that didn't understand what he was talking about um where you know i think tim leary and 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 uh and uh, ramdas Ram yeah. i got i get ramdas but you read be here now as someone that's never tripped on on mushrooms or meditated deeply or right? you're probably gonna read it as gibberish you know what i mean <laughs> so but um but yeah um fuck i'm too stone man you're doing great <laughs> just, you're doing great what was what did i just lose my trend of thought on again the simulation theory and god not knowing what he was yeah all
0: right every so, time that andy yeah. loses his train of thought y'all gotta take a <laughs> take a b-rip with him all right fucking jeez <laughs> okay. i'm sorry guys i yeah, love this this is great <laughs> That's
1: yeah. great but uh so anyway it's like god doesn't know That he's doing he doesn't know how he's doing it and alan watts would say you know you shine the sun the same way you work your thyroid gland and some reason you don't know how you do either one of those things you know it just felt so perfect when he said that because it it there is like some part of existence where like there's a i guess a culmination of consciousness that could be called god maybe and it it has like some sort of purpose and to me it's like the closest thing i've ever seen was the end of dogma where like alanis morissette just like winks you know like that's yeah that's it yeah that's all you're getting that's so crazy i think you know we get to experience something after this but i think I don't think we ever get full gnosis or so. I don't I don't know, man. It's where once we do, we're immediately thrown back into repression because it's too much.
0: You know, yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe we get to the end of this. The truth is there. We have access to it, but we can't handle it. And we have to come back here and ascend to be able to get to the point to where we can handle the next level mentally, just even just conceptually.
1: And I like those ideas, and I've had a lot of experiences that that kind of ring that and echo that, and it freaks me out straight up. Like, kind of having that past lives experience is kind of creepy, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, this is not deja vu. This is like what deja vu feels like yeah Yeah. you know what i mean it's it's really weird and i just i wonder though i've never been able to answer this and no human i don't really think can how much of our belief in that is desperation for the ego to continue and i'm not an atheist i'm just i'm freaking out sometimes thinking about that stuff you know what's
0: how I would answer that uh, because I've never heard the question or thought about it, but I would how I would answer it would be that uh, it's not the ego, it's the curiosity, it's the desire to continue on to serve. It's not a self. I like that because it's not a self preservation thing. That's what in my mind separates it from from the way that I feel about it. It's not that I, I think he just saved it. my
1: life, man. <laughs> no, because seriously, for the past few months, I've been thinking about that. Like, oh shit, I'm like really starting to question this whole like other realm for infinity thing because. uh I don't know and if me who's me like I, I don't know Buddhism kicks the self right the hell out altogether that's why it's split from Hinduism you know there is no self in in Buddhism and, and that's why for a long time it was very fringe you know. So i don't I don't know, I'm lost in thought there. But I like your curiosity idea because it takes it away from the ego and it makes it more of a natural process of like consciousness. And the universe is consciousness. So curiosity is the only reason why it's here in the first place, I would say.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. And the desire to grow, you know, there's a, there's like the, if it is a settings thing, you know, the setting for curiosity is just off the scale, you know, with most of us. And so I think that that alone and then drive and hope, I mean, those notches are turned way up and you, you know, you have like empathy and that one's cranked. And so these things culminate into uh, more, more of a populace. I think that that can wrap their mind around these concepts to a greater level, you know, like. I ask a question every now and then um, on a, on the show about like a genie bottle and like if a genie bottle washes up on shore you get three wishes what would you like and somebody asked me and so I said that uh, the honest answer is I just need one I need everybody else to raise I need the whole of humanity not everybody else I'm not excluding excluding myself everyone to raise to their next level of consciousness and we do that. As a collective, dude, fucking game changer. There's your fifth dimension that Dolores Cannon's talking about. There's your next level of everything due to the idea that then you eliminate all of the things that keep us in a lower vibrational state. Now, That's what we were talking about, about uh, your experience here. I think that like you said about the traumas and stuff like that, it again, perhaps has to do with the vibrational state of this existence, which is probably like just a learning tool or something like that.
1: Yes, I I would completely agree with you and I think these things are happening at the same time. Like it's a russian doll. It goes back to the fractal idea where on every level of I think we confuse a lot of different uh like scales invariance. Like you know like we we mix crazy ideas that we find out about but they're actually from different like scales of reality. So that's why we're not kind of easily figuring it all out we have it all spider webbed and mixed together you know what i mean some philosophies like describe all of them yeah i don't know maybe that's kind of a weird concept anyway Uh, no it's a
0: beautiful concept because it's on the table and it's possible and what i like about this too and i kind of i think uh who's i was on gen z and uh uh, david camden and i were talking about this that it's maybe that all these ideas are us creating other realities as we speak you know because this this You know, God spoke the universe into existence. So speak is very important. And I just had uh, Yogi uh, Zorananda on, very proud of uh, that conversation because he crushed it. And dude, you know, him uh, amazing, dude. And we were talking about this and the power of the voice. And then, you know, just having Stuart Pierce on and him talking about the voice. It's a concept. Again, it's one of these blocks of time I'm in, in my understanding that just keeps popping back up, you know, in all directions. I'm just being bombarded with it. Um, you found like an
1: untapped spot. You're just like digging away at it, you know. And you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it's <laughs> more an interesting, info. More
0: info. Well, it's interesting too because I'm sure you experience this, man. When you start to go yes. down a rabbit hole, you see it from everywhere. Like all the other stuff. Like I don't, I don't hear shit about nine eleven anymore. You know, and there's plenty of people talking about it. I don't hear anything about a lot of things, and there's plenty of people talking about it. Well, it pops up and pushes to my forefront is all of the things that I'm looking at lately. And even like things that I haven't looked at in a while, but I look at them again through that lens Oh yeah. a new understanding and alter it and cut it it's in. It's always shape. a
1: spiral. You know, they're always coming back around and seeing things again from a new, new place, you know, a new level in that scale and variance.
0: Yes. And so you're, you're who I, um, uh, say, so I say the Matryoshka doll thing a lot and it's because of oh, you awesome. and this <laughs> idea of it like that. Now, um, how I also, i I say that and then I say like, um, this fractal nature, same thing. You and I uh, have a, the similar understanding about this or idea about it right now I'll put it that way and uh, so what I say though is like if you walk out of your front yard and you look up and you look out into space or whatever uh, then you're looking at a star uh, let's say that you're not looking at a star somewhere out there but really you're looking at a subatomic particle of yourself looking back at that star looking back at a subatomic particle itself so you have this (laughs) fractal nature to where there is no escape because there's nowhere else to go and so i think that again it it can all be achieved here and so which kind of you know again if you If you go back to like this idea that, um, you know, it is a test or there's something after the, to answer your question on, I guess I was just thinking about it while we were talking here about, uh, I, I think that I feel the way that I do about the afterlife because it seems like that this is the worst that it is. You know what I mean? Like that there, I just have this feeling like that this is the densest and heaviest this is. And I have a wonderful fucking life and I know some incredible people. So I don't, that's just kind of how I feel about it. That's the feeling I, I get when I think about the other side, whatever that means.
1: Yeah. I I just I think what I'm just lately I totally agree with you, man. And what lately I've been kind of playing with, and who knows, maybe it's my ego popping up going, yeah, but what if, and like dragging me down, uh, is yeah, just how much of the ego projects uh away from like how much does consciousness or conscious experience in the way we know it differ or possibly fade or change. I don't know. It's it's on, you know, in those realms, perhaps. I'm not sure. I really don't know. It feels more real than real when I'm in the psychedelic realm, but it also felt more like than anything else that I was in my head. Not that I was stuck inside a small space, but that everything was in. My head. It was kind of like the Truman Show effect. You go down that rabbit hole. It gets real creepy. Then you watch the Truman Show a couple weeks later and start freaking out. And your girlfriend dumps you. And all <laughs> kinds of crazy <laughs> shit starts happening. You, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> but I, I I still dabble in that, and I f- haven't figured really what that is either. You know, and what part of the ego versus the higher true self or whatever is being expressed in those kinds of deeper, creepier experiences. I don't know, but I've heard many talk about it. And it's like, as soon as I heard more people talking about it, then I got really freaked out. I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm not the only one here. That's good to know, but that means we're all having this weird experience of being the one creating all of this, it's, it was very weird. I don't know. I trailed off there. I don't even remember what we were starting out on. <laughs> no, you're
0: doing great. Now, I have I have something to make it either more clear or more confusing, depending on how Perfect. you look at it. So, uh, to this idea, I'm a big fan of it, by the way. We've been talking about uh, abduction cases and applying the abduction phenomena to the uh, high strangeness phenomena, okay? Uh, this this uh, observer inner you effect or that you're the only one here, that it's, it's you. So, the idea goes, though, that uh, when you're abducted, actually, they take you but they take you inside yourself. There's nowhere else to go again. Like let's say that right. you're going out there, but you're going in yourself. So let's say though, that um, the mechanism in which they approach this or how they interact or interface with you on this level would be uh, perhaps something that's super mystical, you know, it's crazy or like what the fuck, but it's kind of not so far out there. You know, it's not a, it's not a squid hand that just swallows you up, you know, if at a, it's all like all the Occam's of razor
1: of conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but it, it, takes you still. So the high strangeness steps up as you interface. So number one, you see something fucking crazy. Number two, you're interacted with these things that don't look like you, but they're bipedal. So there's some kind of, uh, you know, what do they call that? Um, uncanny Valley thing there yes. going on there. It's just, ah, uh, but you know, uh, but still fucking weird. And then they are in this crap that you can conceptualize and you've seen on movies, but you don't know that we have that technology. And so you're just like, what the fuck? So it increases in extraordinary the whole time. But, um, then it just takes you inside of yourself when you're taken. And of course they can project that you're in space. They can tell you wherever the fuck they want, you know, whatever your consciousness is able to handle. So maybe that's like what it is. And this is the other thing about this information I wanted to ask you about, because this is something I've been thinking about. You're the dude to ask. <laughs> so whenever we talk about ideas like, um, finding out information. So the manifestation practice, do you, do you do anything with manifestation? Just curious. Yeah. Okay. I do. So when you started,
1: manifested- Everything, yeah. <laughs> okay, so
0: then good. This then this is a perfect example. Then uh, not so, great at it.
1: I manifest a lot of negative shit too. So yeah. <laughs> you figured out how not
0: to do it, which is still beneficial. Yeah, so okay. wherever
1: you're paying your attention, right? That's right.
0: Yeah, your your currency. What you see. Yeah, your attention Aha, is your only yeah. currency. Right. And so um, to this idea, okay, so manifestation works in the way that, yes, it is these types of understandings and what you feel, not think, but you have to think it to feel it's it's so what I think in this and the example I want to use here, uh, if I can get to it, uh, is that when you go on these journeys, you find out later on that the information you were given early on is not exactly true, but it's what you needed to hear at the time. So this idea like the Matrix, and whenever he goes to see the Oracle for the first time, spoiler alert, uh, she tells him that he's not the one. And he turns around and walks out, and there's this whole thing. Now, she is the one that knows how to tell people their future, right? So there's discernment and wisdom in that. If you have that power and that knowledge, then you've got wisdom and discernment, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, But what she told him was what he needed to hear, which later we find out from Morpheus. So this is the idea, though, that you only come across information like this. And this is why these batches of things that pop up in my reality happen. Uh, As I look at them, um, it feels like that, that they are like mini downloads of what you're supposed to be getting now. And these synchronicities are kind of (whistles) like from the universe from around the corner, you know, and you're just like, oh, shit. And you run by there. But maybe that's it. Maybe it's a trickle thing based on your awareness and understanding. Because you'll come back to something like a book or a movie, dude, and you'll watch it or read it again or something, and you're like, how the fuck did I not get all the subtle amazingness out of this? Like, how did this not change my life the same way? But it's because you're approaching it on the spiral that you talked about.
1: Mm -hmm. So with that long
0: rant, I mean, what do you think about that shit?
1: Well, just, oh man, you made me think of just just tonight, I was reading um, a Fraggle Rock book to my son. Cause yes, we have like 15 of them yeah. from old school eighties. And yeah, I read those to him cause they're awesome. I, I, I pay attention to what I'm reading to them and the fraggle authors were pretty cool because they, they were, uh, they were legit. So I read to him tonight, a story about um, like the, the fraggles. Um, fuck. Here I go. You got to take another bong rip. Cause I completely <laughs> lost my trend of thought on fucking fraggles guys. Fraggles.
0: You got so excited. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to help me,
1: man, because I heard Fraggle
0: Rock did, what, and I started okay. getting pumped and well, now yeah, I, well, the I song mean, stuck in my head. You, g- you gave me a
1: lot, but yeah. what did you give me near the end there? That'll just... Re- <laughs> And
0: it's a stream of fucking consciousness. I don't know. I was I know, you were man. paying attention. God damn it. I
1: was paying attention. Mostly, that's the it's, problem. It's, I get that's I get hit with like seventeen fucking thoughts all at once. That's the problem. I'm trying to relate them all together. You know, and it's
0: it's being able honestly and I get it. I it but it's talking to you, dude, especially because I just hold you in such high esteem. I respect your opinion so much oh, I that. appreciate I had, like that. Even when I can remember yeah, them, right? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know, yeah. Uh even even this though, but in between it it's been incredible. The things you can remember and stay on track have been Unbelievable, (laughs) so thank you for that. Uh, but it's, it's that uh, it's being able to explore in this space so I get a little diary of the mouth there but uh, it's no, because it's okay. I want to like dump ideas on you where I'm like I don't know who else yes. to tell and I'm just like Andy you'll you'll know you'll know how to talk about this
1: I do the same thing to people and I hope I come out the end. <laughs> I hope <laughs> they can respond <laughs> no for sure well, I mean yeah we're talking about perception and, and you know our reality and, and hummingbird uh, buttholes
0: you know what yeah. I think though is uh, the oracle thing is what I was talking about so basically it was that yes. uh, do you think that you are given information along the way, uh, yes. even if it's misinformation, and the same practice. Right. And you can have like the same teacher, and they'll tell you something up top that's not necessarily true later, but it's what you need to know. The Mr. Miyagi thing, man, he wasn't learning how to fucking yeah. wax on, wax off. He was learning how to defend a move. You know what I mean? We find that out later, but it took that to get there.
1: Yeah, I often I, I would I read some story about um like some master, some llama or something like uh, every time hit the the you know protege would bring the pails of water to him that he asked for. He would kick him over and be like, bring me a pail of water. Yeah. It's just this weird way of getting the truth across in without saying anything like, um, you know, people get accused out in the public and rock stars and, and in movies, the messages and all of it is always being evil and always being like some predictive programming thing. But in a way, it's it's again, it's this like, this wink, you know, it's, it's kind of always there kind of giving the hint that, that, you know, of what's going on and what you need to know at the time may be mostly hidden, but like, you'll get enough of it to follow enough breadcrumbs to where you need to be. Like I ran into this weird archangel fucking I don't know know, guy that doesn't exist or did exist at one point he was behind the batter's cage at a big game and told me the wind was blowing out I got up and crushed a grand slam and won the game and then he was gone then he was gone then years later he appeared out of nowhere at Amazon at a borders bookstore and we had a creepy conversation cause I needed a lighter and then he was gone. It was just like these, this dude has popped up and given me advice and then has like vanished. And I only remember that it's him afterwards. It's very fucking weird, man. So like even on a literal physical level, I've had like this little download in my face almost like a fucking an agent coming through or something yeah
0: or he's like he's weird uh, he's like your windows um paperclip. you know the dude that would hop yeah. on with the eyes and he would just kind of give you pointers he's like don't click that and you're like fuck off but, um yeah that's amazing man so he actually manifests in front of you now how do you recognize him does he look the same or feel the same or so both?
1: i've Only I can't say like it's been a million times. It's been two times in my life that this man has popped up. And those two events happened. And I could go into more detail of why they were really just weird. You know, the the second time, especially we were sitting at at a bookstore, a bunch of us talking like conspiracies and stuff back in like 2003 or something when bookstores. existed. Yeah. And um, this dude was sitting in the corner just on a laptop and asked one of my friends for help. At some point, we eventually got up and left i'm looking through my pants for a lighter i can't find it anywhere i'm trying to light a cigarette they trail off to the car and then this guy is like need a light and i look up and i'm like i just get this weird feeling about him and anyway i'm like oh yeah you were the guy sitting over by us and you know my friend helped you on the computer and everything." He's like yeah, yeah yeah don't always believe what you hear or what you read and I th- i'm like oh you were hearing what we were talking about man like consciousness and stuff and He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't always believe what you think either, Andy. And I'm like, what, what? And you know, he's like, he's like, take. I'm like, this is too much of a synchronicity. And he's like, nothing is, or I said coincidence at the time. And uh, he's like, nothing's a coincidence. Just remember, don't always believe what you think. And I was like, okay. And I gave him his lighter back, and I walked away. I got in the car. I was like, you're not gonna believe this. guy. Oh, my lighter. Boom. Easy access right in my pocket that I was desperately searching around. How did I miss it? I just had to miss it, I guess. I just had to. It's weird, right? I mean, I'm not saying the guy gave me the codes to the universe, but that was the second. I only realized it once I got in the car. Once I started to feel it and think about it, I'm like every hair on my body. So I'm like, that was the dude behind the fucking batter's cage. Like, hey, kid, wind's blowing out for you. And I fucking hit a grand, a S- walk off grand slam back when I was a jock and I wasn't awake. But it, yeah, man, didn't think about it like that at all. I think he must be some weird, random local drunk or something. You know? That's weird. absolutely
0: crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. It's, it's. I've been waiting like for that. a third.
1: I'm waiting for a third encounter. Uh, Still just manifest
0: it man. it, man. Just be like, uh, just say it here, and it'll go out, and we'll send the energy <laughs> out for you.
1: <clears throat> i should give him a name you, i was about peer. to say what do
0: you name him? what do you call him <laughs> shit let's name him steve steve okay <laughs> we can't do better than steve i mean what's he look like where's he from like steve needs i'm a all backstory.
1: about occam's razor man i'm all about humanizing shit uh, you know well, like, no,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm with you too i'm trying to further humanize the man so what's he where is he from is he single you know is he wearing a wedding ring is he got somebody that loves and cares for him what are we talking about
1: I think, you know, he's probably had a string of wives okay. and he he lives a very like weird, fucked up, dirty life. It seems he's always at bars playing pool and shit. But for just some reason, that seems to be where God likes to hang out sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like Hancock. <laughs>
0: Right with Will Smith remember when he was kind of like shitty at the beginning until got shitty. Yeah, together.
1: yeah. Uh, or you know. like every one of us sometimes. You oh, know what God. I mean? I yeah. find myself like I love the references that you use, particularly like the way you frame simulation theory. Cause to me, as a person that loves survival games on the computer, uh it's you're using all the right lingo. Like you're oh, you're God. turning like, oh yeah, you're turning the knob up on the curiosity. And like, yeah, I can turn my character's curiosity up, but you know, oh man, I gotta, you know, look up on the you know he's got more fat on his body or whatever you know i use that kind of lingo all the time and, and it's made me think about simulation theory quite a bit differently like holy shit we're the ones creating the damn simulations yes and we're just trying to pin it on the fucking on everything else it's it's we're mocking what originally naturally is already happening right with the organic thing right back to the start there
0: and as we do we want to look outside and blame someone else for the things that we created so if Absolutely. you come in this with a choice then your uh, meters that you adjusted you don't get to test those this is your playback you know what I mean think of it like uh, I think I think of it more like audio because I'm not a big game person like I'm all about it I just don't make time for it okay that's uh, fair I, I'm usually in the studio so that's why I reference it like an audio board or something <laughs> like that like a DAW because in my mind like you yeah you turn up your intensity or your you know DB or something like that a picture of the faders and you have control over that and then you hit play and you listen and you just wait and see how it plays out and you're like ah the kick's too louder oh the empathy wasn't high enough on that lifetime Mm -hmm. let's run it again and then you hit play and maybe like you just do this lifetime and then at the end of it you sit back and you go hmm now it needs more snare it needs more hi-hat and then you adjust something and then go back to the goddamn beginning and hit play and then you do it all again with that new addition and see how it seasons the experience differently and then just like capture that one and maybe this is like a project that we're like turning in for a grade somewhere else and they're like, all right, I get, get my thesis together. You know, I can't I can't fail this one like I've failed all the other ones. So it's not even a great one, you know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, those are the ideas, man. And of course, n- nobody fucking knows, man. All of this is... You know, unfalsifiable, unprovable. I mean, who cares? But I find joy in thinking about the ideas. It, it makes me see my world differently. And it makes me things too. a lot easier because I don't mind if it's that um, unstable. I'm cool with it, you know?
1: Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, the curiosity. Like, you know, they always say the... Uh the territory is not the map. Is that the, is that the expression? I don't yes. know, but you know, the it's map the, is not
0: the territory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's just, that, man, <laughs> you know, but we, um we've touched on some cool stuff with like music and sound and everything. And the importance there, I do it too. I sit at my DAW and we'll listen to the same, Four seconds over and over oh, again, yeah. like you know, just on repeat. Have it looped just so I can adjust a bunch of crap and and decide what it really needs. It kind of takes over. It the sound itself kind of wants to present itself, right? You know, we're talking about all those different knobs. Presence is one of the most important knobs, and on so many compressors and and all different analog uh, compressors. You know, it's it's so. Just, you know, to bring out what it's trying to say, it's, it's like, we're, we're the conduit or the computers of the conduit and we're the interpreters or something.
0: You're the artist. So yeah you're, for sure. yeah, you're the one creating the art, which is this experience. And then you're in the experience, which is the ultimate like meta fucking thing. Right. But think of it this way. So let's compare it to audio, but I just had another thought. So let's say, okay fuck me dead. Um, So (laughs) let's say that you are, um, you know, like you visualize audio and guys, if you've never seen audio, um, it just tracks waveforms. And now I'm recording Andy and I here and I see two different patterns. There's two different expressions visually to me available that show me that him and I are both having a conversation. I could see when he talks, I could see my fucking long, ridiculous rants. And uh, (laughs) it's, it's this beautiful visual thing. Well, what if uh, you orchestrate all of the lives that way. So what if it's what if we're thinking too small? When we think these crazy concepts like you you dial everything in and then you push play and then we experience it, that's too small, right, for something like what we're talking about. So perhaps it's you do I I you know you are everything. So you scripted my life, everything about it. You scripted my wife's life and everyone I care about. Uh, you also scripted everyone's life around you that makes an impact in your experience that plays a role in your experience, which would be probably a fuckload more people than you think. And so if you, if you look at it that way, man, that's where that all is one and all of that and tailored and you're empowered, all of that's the kind of shit. And that's why also back to a callback from earlier, when you affect something now, you uh, change everything, you know, because you're it, you know, and you're, you're writing the code for the, for all of it. Cause you're all that's here.
1: Yeah. It's such a weird concept for people to get their mind around, you know, I'll let you know when I do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. None of us real. I mean, that's the thing. Anyone that tells you they do are liars, you know. Not necessarily across the board. They it's not not. I shouldn't say that. That was harsh. But what I would say is people that are dead sure that they have the right way to tell everybody else what's going on. Yes. Because I think especially in this community of like podcasters, we all just are trying to get what's in our heads out there. You know
0: what I mean? Like I said, this is a diary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the psychedelics for me is definitely a huge inspiration. Of course, you know that. Oh yeah. But um, of course you're familiar with uh, my interest in like the box saga too. And what's weird is that those two intermingle because one of my deepest psychedelic experiences was based on like finding like some sort of hidden story that exists at like the base of all language And I don't remember it, of course. (laughs) And I don't remember anything about it. Just this vague, weird, cryptic memory. And, you know, I thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was just crazy and tripping. But then 20 years later, I find this weird saga that is talking about the origin language of the planet. And the way it's presented is through phonetics and everything. And it's just like... Oh, God. Again, it's another like hair raising experience. You know, we've been talking about sound resonance. You've been talking about the waveforms on the screen. You know, you can identify the difference in your waveform versus mine and the timbre in our voice, the tone, all of it. Right. And that's one way to express what we're saying right now. But it's. really shitty way for us to just you know you couldn't give that to someone on a piece of paper you know it'd be gibberish you know but you know musical notes people can interpret that they can read musical notes right and it never changes you know but it's not the best way to express the actual music or the piece of of sound you know what i mean it's through audio and that's the saga the saga is an odd, you know, an oral tradition passed down. And as soon as it does, this language that surrounds the saga hits the white paper, the black ink hits the white paper. Suddenly, pronunciations get to to pop up, and all of a sudden, this original language that kind of gives away everything else about history, if if we look into it enough and we have enough minds on it, it completely blurs it. And completely skews it and everything, so it's it's so crazy to get into. Dude, it sounds
0: fascinating. I mean, do you want to go over it a little bit, or you want to save it for the next one? It's your call. It's up to it's up to you, Dude, man. If you to want to you. save
1: it as a teaser, we can do a little bit of it. Uh,
0: you know, or okay. We can just let's do a little bit of it, and then we'll cut it short. And then I'm going to have you on uh, because I want to look into it further, and you you and I could just nerd out on it
1: that sounds good man because okay. it's it's hard to it's hard to present the box saga at all and that is not just me saying that that is Eor box closest friend and the one who was passed the you know the unsaid rights to like the story basically the one who really started to pass it along to people after eeyore was dead uh And even before that, you know, even he says where to begin with a story that has no beginning and no end, (laughs) you know, because it's it's the story of our beginning, which has to start with mythology, of course, because we really don't know. What happened? But some of the claims of Bach Saga, just to give like a little teaser for it, uh, like I said, it involves the hypothetical root language of the entire human race, which is called root language, which, from what my Swedish friend Yake and co host of uh, Roots of Creation says, that is the language that the Swedish people sing today, which is another interesting little thing. they, But they wouldn't admit it. It's very weird. It's very controversial in Finland and other parts of Scandinavia to bring up the Bach saga. You either have, you're met with absolute hatred or absolute, you know, piety. So it's very divisive.
0: It sounds incredible. And I can't wait to dive into it for you. So Switzerland, you know, it's close to that, right? You know, that's why they sing this ancient tongue right up there by the hollow earth entrance dude. they're right up there by Agartha. That's what they are. They're guardians to Agartha and they do it through song.
1: Guess what? Agartha is a story that is very close to Box Saga. Uh, anything about the North Pole is close to Box Saga because that is Boom. what the saga claims to be the paradise of of our ancient world. But it was called hell.
0: Yeah, they named because- it like Iceland and <laughs> Greenland to keep you away from it. You know what I mean? You know how they did that? They misnamed. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah
1: well there's an interesting story in box saga about the lands i mean if we if we have to cut it short bro, that's totally no we fun. don't have we were...
0: to do anything oh, okay, I, I can talk right. to you fucking all night long uh you just you know well, i want to make sure right, you're let's, cool let's oh, let's yeah, roll let's, it let's check it, let's, let's check it out let's check it out so
1: go let's start a little bit with with the, like the alphabet um not too much we'll just say the first letter in their alphabet and by the way the entire alphabet known as alf uh alferness betton So that's pretty weird that it's very Germanic and very closely related to language that we were familiar with. Anyway, the uh, first letter is E, which is pronounced as E, but it's actually the English I with, you know, a pole and a dot above it, because this stood for the North Pole and Polaris, It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But also, it also stands for apparently the box saga claims that there is a literal hole at the North Pole, but the North Pole isn't where it is anymore. It was in Helsinki, where Helsinki, Finland is now. Or well, so apparently the earth shifted. Apparently, we fell on our axis, our axis. That's what the saga suggests.
0: Well, what's interesting about that point is that we didn't, but the magnetic did. So if you're Mm. talking the magnetic north, which is tracking like crazy, right? Not our actual north pole. That's probably what
1: they're talking about.
0: Well, if you're talking magnetic pole, then now you're talking electromagnetics. Now you're talking like dimensional shit. So perhaps it's there, but it's just in a different dimension, You like Wakanda or some shit.
1: Well, from what a number of these researchers that were very close to Eeyore Bach claim when they've actually gone to these locations in in Helsinki, Finland, they say there is straight up a vortex that has a Catholic museum built over. Or Actually, it's not Catholic. I think it's just as the uh, controllers do. It's a um, like an ode to heathen culture. So it's like we're going to totally hide your shit by presenting your shit. Isn't that the way they love to do
0: that is absolutely the way they also like to do the inversion of, you know, 2009 is when that Swedish, uh, spiral happened remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. that yeah, that's right. Okay, Interesting. So it's a
0: similar thing. They've, it's been called a plasma event, which is very cool. I think one just recently happened, actually, that looks very identical. I'm not sure where. I just saw a quick picture. I don't know anything about it. I'm just talking shit. But it, <laughs> uh, it, there, there's something similar that happened. Though, and that's, you know, people talk about Project Bluebeam whenever they see that. But maybe it's something cooler. You know, again, you get to this point where you're like, yeah, Project Bluebeam's cool. But what if that's a PSYOP to what's even right. cooler, like a plasma apocalypse, dude, you know, which is or an actual alien invasion, you know, and they're just saying that they're going to fake it because they know that it's coming and then when it comes yeah. you can be like project blue beam we're
1: good guys and then poof you're a blood mist you know what i mean uh, yeah i don't like anything any information really i get caught down the rabbit holes but i really don't like any information that comes from like super leaked sources and foia and stuff yeah, like that because it's just plans. it reeks of uh like a, a lure like it's just they're just luring us in <laughs> well Rick Doty you know I mean? uh,
0: he's a well known I want to say either former FBI or CIA I'm not sure if, if you're familiar CIA, with the uh, is... Mil- name Navy, Navy Navy okay yeah. and he was sent in and admittedly like he told everybody hey I was, I was sitting here to tell you bullshit and to tell you that uh, this you know to plant all these seeds of rabbit holes that you go down and then a lot of people you know you know how it is when everybody's just looking for answers and then they're right. part of a club and then they're ostracized in their own home you know what I mean you can extrapolate the psychology on this of how effective it would be, it's it's a brilliant tactic. It's shit, but it's brilliant. <laughs> but uh, it's something like that, right? Like it can be a, a seated thing. Um,
1: oh yeah, my absolutely. god! Okay, so, go, ahead, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, you want to continue yes, with Box yes, Saga a little? Okay, yeah. so we're we're all familiar with Atlantis. Well, according to Box Saga what happened was when the earth tilted, this ended this paradise time, this paradise time up North in this North pole or hell, the Helsinki. Uh, it was also called Udin Ma, which then of course, Udin, Odin, uh-huh. that's where that comes from. And that was the sun Udin, uh, even to the box saga. Um, this area was a paradise time where in that concept, the saga claims that the sun was going around, In a way that would give light and warmth 24-7, 365 to the North Pole where they live. So it would be literal the Garden of Eden or Heathen or Uden. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, Um, what was I going to say? So, yeah. After this paradise time, when this supposed tilt happened, let's let go of that and suspend disbelief, because we know the Ice Age happened at some point. And the saga talks about the Great Ice Age. They call it Ragnarok, the first Ragnarok. And in this time period, all of the north was covered in ice. And they called everything in this time period, all land is, or all the land ice. And it's all Atlantis. It's the same thing. And most of the locations that we suggest are Atlantis would have been affected by this ice age and would have been a part of all land ice so it can be these individual places i'm not just the box saga brings things together more than anything else doesn't really discredit it kind of rehumanizes and again the occam's razor so we have also the jet stream in this time period according to the saga the jet stream goes to this area and in this ice time keeps this area of Udenma and the, you know, basically Scandinavia free of ice in some areas, but less frigid, more livable. So where most of the Northern hemisphere was like wiped out, you have this area in the North supposedly that was left to thrive. And so you picture how long an ice age lasted. If you picture one civilization have to pick up the pieces Yet another part of the civilization is thriving and still creating and discovering and developing and building. You also have these people up in the North in this time period, living in subterranean areas to keep away from still the cold. It wasn't frigid enough to like wipe out civilization, but it was still frigid. So they would live in these, I guess what is described as the physical uh manifestation of a vortex up on the top basically this subterranean area that is ultimately created by this you know toroidal force of the earth of some kind so they live down there and so we've all seen horror movies where their eyes turn blue and they turn nocturnal and shit like that but more than that we've seen arctic animals and we've seen arctic people of course now but of course we always have these threads of bigger, taller people from the past, right? So all these gods that we talk about descend from heaven. And Udinma was heaven back then. They're descending from the north, these tall, blonde, Nordic, pale-skinned, blue-eyed gods. But in Bok Saga, in root language, god means good. It means good person. And that has massive implications. You know what I mean? Because later in religions, we find out when you get into more like the esoteric versions of our more accepted religions, you find out that like Lord and King and things like that are really talking about, you know, wisdom givers, these, you know, ascended people who understand, you know, Adam was even Lord after he ate of the tree because he, was like a god you know it's it's all connected back to this very simple human story in the box saga and it's pretty wild we haven't even touched the surface but that's a little bit
0: (laughs) it's fascinating and i absolutely love it i've already got some bad shit crazy ideas where my mind went with it whenever you were talking about it uh a quick one before i let you go uh would be that it's uh so a lot of people talk about this idea that if, if we do live on a realm or a flat disk let's say let's just add this to the conversation because it's been Absolutely. so cool and we'll, and we'll wrap it with this. Uh, so it um, it's on like a disk or whatever. Well life and everything emanates from the area that we call the North Pole. And so with that and there's a bunch of maps that depict this and lore and legends such as the one that you're talking about because if you think about it from that perspective okay and that a sun comes out of there and is born out of there and there's a black sun underneath and so there is a subterranean element to this and perhaps that That's where another participant in this area comes from and basically that there's like a reset here and with the same land maybe or that we evolve with the land out and that goes into extra land and shit and new suns come out and so they heat up the area and we basically travel with the sun, you know, as a civilization as it springs out. Uh, if the idea goes. Um, but also it would be something to where the, the quote that made me think about it whenever you're talking about it was that, that it was lit in the north for a certain period of time that yeah. the sun was there. So that would imply that it, it stayed there. If, if you follow this model, like it, it was pretty local uh, to that area to start to heat this thing up. And as it progresses or as time passes, those that can survive and make it, you know, follow it out. And maybe that's what this whole damn thing is. And that's where this idea of like the um, migration of species where you have the disappearance of things like the Aztecs and the Mayans. And you're like, where the fuck did these people go and stuff? Well, this is one of the ideas that may lend to that. Um, and let's say also, though, that this would also explain the extraterrestrial phenomena, because then they're not coming from outer space because it's just kind of an area, right, of realm. They're coming from one of the other rings of higher dimensionality because they've already experienced this in this way and basically it's like a ripple on a pond so new sun's approach or new abilities for us to survive and then you evolve and you gravitate and that's what higher dimensionality is that's what the next step is for you when you die maybe you wake up in that ring and then now you've got a bunch of new things to figure out
1: maybe that's the connection there
0: because like i've always all, i've often
1: wondered well go ahead oh i just
0: said atlantis the rings
1: Mm, yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and also box saga all these uh like Udinma and every like structure of a village or whatever is ringlands It's, it's rings. And, you know, the, the King is in the middle and the different five class systems are outward. It's, it's very similar to what they talk about in Atlantis and everything. It's really weird. but um,
0: you know, from that perspective though, it would be that you would want to tell the story from the center point being the middle or the smaller ring in this example, the newer, younger ring, you would say that that was the King, um, uh, because that's your perspective from your people. So the, Other rings would be actually the opposite in consciousness. Right. But it's an ego driven perspective from my my point of view, Uh, that that's why you would say that you're the king in the middle or they place the king in the middle. I mean, strategically, it works right for defense, but symbolically, maybe uh, it would mean that we are here at this point and we have yet to evolve. But that again that my what this confirms to me this idea that my optimism is for not you know that this is like the worst it is this is the lowest density that it is and you just progress to something cooler let's say or more we very
1: well could yeah yeah i mean I, i'm still battling with it you know and i think i need to meditate more i need to maybe do the dmt <sighs> more again Dude, you come know, it's to been Texas, a long we'll time do that. i've never oh, that i haven't so smoked
0: sick. dmt uh, I've, I mean, oh, uh, ayahuasca and that's a anyway. Yeah,
1: I've never done mother ayahuasca. So there there you go. I mean, we come from two same worlds, but just different perspectives on that, you know. But I would love to come to Texas and talk about all this shit. <laughs> bring the wife, bring the kiddos.
0: Dude. We, got a, we got a whole damn ranch situation out here. They love the goats and the donkeys and shit like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh,
0: Andy, dude, this has been easily one of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had in my life. I can't thank you enough, dude. Uh, Likewise, homie one of just the most incredible people I've ever met. And you've just been a sweetheart to me and everyone that knows you loves you. And so I'm grateful to call you brother. So thank you I again. I appreciate
1: man. it, brother, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. This has been fun and we'll do it again. We'll talk more box saga, even off, you know, I'll, I'll blow your mind some more. The language is where it's at for sure. Like the language is the rabbit hole, man, because once you start to be able to do it yourself with your own language and you start to go, Oh shit. And then you check on it and you start referencing things. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> it just flies from there.
0: That it would have taken turns and then come back. You know, that Okay, so then that's what I want to talk to you about, but we're going to save it for next time, okay? Fuck Andy, yeah, man. dude, this thank you real, so dude. much, dude. You're a brother. Thank, thank you.
1: you. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Easily one of the coolest dudes on the planet, uh, arranges the best panel shows, has the most interesting perspective, so insightful. Andy is just a treasure to this place, and we are grateful to call him family. So check the show notes for sure, guys, to find Andy and all the ways to check out his show, The Deep Share Podcast. Fantastic. Could not recommend it highly enough. So I also check down in the show notes, our affiliate links, foodforestabundance.com, Get your freedom from fear on, as well as Libsyn if you want to start your own podcast. And if you are going to buy any damn thing from Amazon, please utilize our link. Uh, It just helps the show. That's it for something you're going to do anyway. So also if you'd like to expand your experience with us here Do so in the link at the bottom called uh, Expandingrealitypodcast.com That is going to be where links to Rockfin We're doing a bunch of cool live stuff over there right now So check that out Also uh, all the socials and merchandise And all that good stuff is over there guys So make sure you check the show notes for that As well as a uh, big revamp on the website So there's a bunch of free stuff The Too Cool for YouTube things are over there And uh, just some really uh, neat things That you guys can go do for free So just go check it out Um, So beyond anything guys Go out into this place Whatever the hell this mysterious amazing thing is And y'all just pick up a piece of litter Of course uh, Buy somebody in line around you a coffee Or a meal or something small like that It doesn't mean a huge thing to you But it makes a massive difference And the ripple effects are felt Trust me Also, while you're being amazing and raising that vibration, go ahead and get out of the left-hand lane if you got somebody behind you wanting to pass, and above all, anything else, guys, go out into this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank y'all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.